stopping by. Always glad to have this young lady back. It's Monday, so it's Cray News with Kay on a Monday. It's Kay Smythe. Kay, how are you? Good to see you. I'm good. I'm feeling very comfy today. We've got, like, first day of fake fall, so I'm feeling cozy. Oh, okay. So a little cooler in North Carolina is what you're saying. Yeah, by, like, three degrees. But you're calling still. it fake that, fall. That fake fall. Fake fall. I have not heard of that before. All right. Uh, let's get into this date. Uh, I, I don't know how the world reacted except for a few days later. But on 9-11, you're a young whippersnapper in, uh, in Wales, and you're hearing about 9-11 happening. Does it, does it immediately make sense? Do the people in your class get it? Is your teacher saying the right things? Do we know what's going on in Wales while New York and, and D.C. are under attack? So my parents will probably correct me on a little bit of this, but 9-11, with the time difference between when it happened in the U.S. and the U.K., I had actually left school at that point for the day. Um, and what I remember, both my parents worked, uh, my mom was sort of job share part-time, but at the start of the week, I would always go to a childminder who's kind of, not a babysitter. It's not like a nursery or anything like that. It's its its own separate thing. You just sort of go and hang out there after school. You do some club stuff. You do sure. like sitting around coloring, whatever. My childminder, Mariette, was in my life for, you know, pretty much my entire early childhood and never treated me like a child. My parents were very much, you know, we're never going to talk to Kay like she's a child sort of thing. We're going to, you know, she asks a question, we're going to answer her honestly. Obviously, Santa was real for a very long time, blah, 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 but whatever. Yes. So I remember vividly on 9-11, there were about five of the kids who would come to the childminders with me and none of them were there that day. Uh, all of them, their parents came, picked them up from school. Everyone, it was just like everyone go home. My parents didn't really have the kind of jobs that would allow them to do that. So I was the only person at my childminders. And from what I recall, we walked in, had a slice of Marmite toast. She turned on the TV and we sat down in silence and continued to watch the news coverage. And... Sorry, I'm not trying to like get emotional, but I remember the second plane hitting. Yes. Um, and I remember understanding what that meant. I that remember must, that must have been three or four o'clock, and maybe even five in the afternoon for you by then. Something like that. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. between three and five. So you saw it live, like the whole world saw the second plane, because we didn't. We thought the first plane was just an accident. Yes, and I think the first plane. The first, it was something like, I must be getting the time wrong on this. Maybe I don't remember it happening as it happened. Maybe we were just watching the news coverage. And obviously this is before cell phones. No one's getting breaking right. news updates to their palm. Right. And it was this moment of sort of, it was the first calm I'd really known as a child. And I don't think a lot of millennials really appreciate how much uh, the idea of our innocence in our childhood sort of changed in an instant in that moment. I remember exactly getting right. home after watching the news coverage and just sitting there with Mariette, just just watching it. And I remember asking very minimal questions because I could tell that she was also very emotional about it. Um, but I remember getting home and being with my parents that night and one of the first things my dad said was, well, I guess this is now why we're going to invade the Middle East. And he said something along the lines of, I guess Bush has got his oil now. Wow. 
Well, that's an and odd comment, was, to be honest. You know, like we, we knew there weren't any weapons of mass destruction. We've talked about this before, Joe. The news media was lied to so heavily as an excuse to invade this country. And I talked to so many of my friends, Jeremiah Wilbur, who runs the War Party movement, who yeah. you've had on the show before. Right. He's even said to me before, he was like, it would have taken a handful of special ops guys 10 months to go in, destroy Al-Qaeda, destroy the Taliban. We would have been in and out. But that wasn't the point. That wasn't going to enrich all of these corporations and all of these different businesses that make so much money off warfare. You know, it's the same reason why so much money is going to Ukraine these days and Nothing is going to Hawaii. You haven't even heard about any money going to Florida to help with uh, the cleanup from this, you know, the most recent hurricanes, Adalia, and all the others that are going to hit throughout right. the course of this year. And for me, it was this sort of mixture of what did we do to make a group of people hate us this much? And then it was why are the people that we choose to put in charge instead of trying to make things better and make things right and just go after the people responsible why why are they now going to go and turn multiple generations of people from these countries into even greater haters of the united states and of the west it just none of it made sense to me from sort of right. that child mind perspective but well, you had a lot. You had a lot going on in your mind as a kid. I mean, obviously, I I, I was somebody in my you know thirties, uh, and I was a TV news anchor, and and watching it unfold, I knew what I had to go and do for that day. But as somebody who was younger, and you're about the age of my daughters, you know, they sort of had the same sort of perspective. Although I think you were getting more input than they were at that point about world matters, and maybe that's a a, a service of being in the UK. Um, I'll say this. And by the way, it's Kay Smythe, ksmythe.com, and Smythe is S-M-Y-T-H-E. Go to her website, check her out on Newsmax, check her out over the Daily Caller every day. Um, going into Afghanistan made sense to me. You go there, you take care of business. No reason to be there for 20 years. That was ridiculous. There was no reason to go into Iraq. They lied to us about what was going on in Iraq. They lied to us wholeheartedly. I mean, the Brits did, the Italians did. Everybody lied to uh, our intelligence, obviously. We're trying to say that Saddam Hussein had something that he didn't have. Um, at the end of the day... I really want to focus on that day. So you go to bed that night thinking they might attack us. I mean, when you're in Europe that was attacked unbelievably in the 40s and in the in the teens, um, it, it's always sort of that's where World War anything starts. Was that the fear or not? It was definitely a fear. I definitely had more fear for America. And I had my cousin and his family lived in New Jersey at the time. Um, and so, again pre-sort of proliferation of the internet, we're sort of there waiting to hear that everyone's okay. Um, and really what the world was going to look like in the years to come. Right. And then we had the 7-7 seven, seven bombings. Right, um, the tube, right? Yeah, there was a tube and a bus. And this this is a crazy story. So not just, it's, it's not just World War II. So my uh, my university boyfriend, his parents were uh, from former Yugoslavia. His mother, I believe, was raised in Croatia. His dad was uh, raised in, I think, Bosnia or something. Um, and they were obviously there during the fall of the former Yugoslavia and the, the genocide. Um, from the stories I've heard, his father, they walked across Europe in the 90s. 
Wow. So like while like in living memory, um, as you know, the same with 9-11, obviously, but they had a normal life like you and I have now. It was a normal Western life. Yeah. And she was pregnant at the time. Um, and they literally walked with what they could carry from Croatia to the other side of Europe, which is like, it's a pretty long trek for anyone who doesn't know. It's like walking across the entirety of the United States, basically, um, and then got to Europe. And then to have, you know, less than a decade later, her son, my ex-boyfriend, was actually on the train before the one that got bombed. Oh, wow. Um, and she didn't find out from eight o'clock in the morning till two o'clock in the afternoon if he was still alive. And she had actually lost the child um, that she was pregnant with when they had to flee the former Yugoslavia. Mm. And so half of my school were also uh, were also Muslim from the Middle East or from um, like my one of my best friends. She won't speak to me now because she hates Trump and she thinks I'm a conservative filth bag. But nice. uh, her like she was a refugee. And they fled, you know, they fled Saddam Hussein. They fled uh, the Kurdish genocide. Um, and so for us, it was it was almost like it was the last thing that I think anyone would expect to happen. But when it did, we all sort of suddenly realized that what was going on in the rest of the world was no longer relegated to the rest of the world. Yeah. Like we were sort of involved in our own way in terms of like aid, in terms of, you know, spent sending in special forces, whatever peacekeepers, whatever you want to call them right. um, that went into, you know, form, you know, the former Yugoslavia. But, you know, my hometown was flattened in World War Two. And there's this sort of trend in the UK where older folks who were involved with that, they don't really talk about it. Um, if they were involved, it's really not the sort of thing that's like discussed. I never really heard my grandparents talking about um, the Blitz, things like that, because uh, it was just so traumatizing. I mean, why would you want to talk about those things? Right. Well, and, well it's, a, it's such a different world. I mean, my perspective on it, obviously, is we're we're separated from everything by big oceans. I mean, Canada's not going to attack us. Mexico somehow is letting seven million through, but that's a different topic for a different day. They're not going to attack us militarily. We're safer than you guys are so, because you're all connected. Could be a bad guy in Germany or Russia or fill in the blank that just decides we're going to do air raids over the UK for the next three weeks. And And I mean, you're right there. Um, we never saw it coming here because we're so far away and we're the big bad guy. You can't screw with us. And then they did. Um, and it just, it blew our minds and it, it actually galvanized us as a country. I think the stuff you mentioned afterwards certainly has caused a lot of the split. Why did we go in? Why did we stay so long? I will never, ever, ever, never. And I love you like, like you're my own child. Um, I will never, ever say, what did we do to get them so mad at us? Cause I don't care. You don't do that to us. It doesn't matter because yeah. we actually armed this guy when he was the leader of the Mujahideen to take on the Russians or the Soviets that were in Afghanistan. And he decided, well, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I'm going to go and get you now. Was he mad at something? Sure. Is he mad that we consecrated his or that we desecrated his consecrated Saudi land? Maybe. But I don't care. You don't blow up our buildings and kill 3,000 people. So I get it. But the perspective of a little girl in Swansea, for God's sakes, I mean, you had to be scared out of your wits. You had to not know what was happening tomorrow. I mean, I didn't know what was happening tomorrow. I was, I was in the media. I was a TV news anchor standing out in front of the Capitol in Michigan reporting for eight hours about Osama bin Laden, whoever the hell that guy was. So I can't even, even imagine because you had very little perspective outside of where you were, I would guess. Pretty much. I will say, 
I, I, I have a kind of a privileged childhood. My parents didn't spend money on anything except for travel. Um, and it was kind of crazy. Like I'd seen a lot of Europe at that point. Um, so this is 2001. Within two years of that, I went to China during the SARS epidemic. Wow. Then I was in South Africa. This is, you know, within sort of like 10 years of the end of apartheid, not even. Um, year after that, I came to the States for the first time. Um, and so I, I, I was lucky in that I had like a globalist perspective, but let's not forget that my parents were pretty liberal. Um, and so a lot of the other stuff that you just mentioned was never really brought up in our house. And right. it's so funny now when my parents come and visit and, uh, and the sort of differentiation in how we sort of view a lot of these historical tragedies really more than anything, you know, there are so many conspiracy theories about 9-11. And oh I think God, the yes. thing that messes me up the most is how ignorant so much of that is to the death yes. that occurred and the, the murder that occurred. Like I remember sitting down with my mom once watching uh, one of these like conspiracy documentaries because it was what was on TV back then. And, you know, like this was before uh, we had Wi-Fi that connected to the television, like, you know, right. all this sort of stuff. Like this is the movie that's on, so this is what we're going to watch or show right. that's on. And she sort of sat down afterwards and said, well, if there wasn't a plane that flew into the Pentagon, what happened to all of the people that were on that plane? And she says the same thing about um, the Malaysia Airlines flight, right? It's like, it doesn't, it does matter what happened and why it happened. Um, there's no refuting that. Like I think of the lives, my friend Ben, who runs uh, the Bear Hug Cattle Company, he stood on a hillside at his school watching the towers fall that day and went on to become an uh, an army ranger he's now a harvard uh business graduate business school graduate he's probably going to be like president one day but he's a cowboy currently nice. but you know i think of the lives that were changed that day in new york and the devastation and the loss i think of the lives that their entire trajectory changed that day in terms of just watching that and dedicating the rest of their lives to making sure that stuff like that doesn't happen again. And what kind of scares me about right now is we're sort of, and tell me if I'm wrong, Joe, but I, the way John put it the other day, he was like, I feel like a child that's been sent to my room and I'm awaiting punishment. It's like, there's something else coming. And so for the first time, I, I would actually say, I was nervous after 9-11, but I think in Britain we saw it as a uniquely American, not not like uniquely American in the sense that we weren't grieving with you, but it, right. it happened to you guys. It's yeah. not for us to get scared. It's for us to be there for you. Whereas now being in America and looking at uh, the way the rest of the world views us, like Kim Jong-un's going to go hang out with Putin this week. We should all be terrified. Those are not two men that you want to be friends with each other. And even though we are like so far away from any, you know, major threats, if you know, we want to think about it, it's still just the one planet, North Korea, Russia, China, they all have missiles that can hit us. I, 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 I wait. That's what makes I, I don't know that North Korea there. does, but the others do certainly. Uh, and, and you're right. We should not want that meeting to happen. You're right. That would not have happened under Trump. But don't worry, we've got Biden. Biden, you know, he's good. He today um, made sure he commemorated 9-11 in Alaska. I don't, I don't understand what we're doing. we got Kamala Harris and Kathy Hochul laughing it up 
over at Ground Zero. Well, this idiot's in Alaska. So, of course, Kim Jong-un is going to meet with Putin. They'll probably both meet with Xi. They'll have a nice dinner together and decide how they're going to blow up the world if they want to because we don't have any leadership here. So in 22 years, we went from we galvanized as a country. 46 other nations joined us in, in galvanizing against the bad guys, you know, the Islamic terrorists. And here we are 22 years later. We're worse off than we ever were, which is nuts. We could talk for the next three hours on that one. And we didn't even get into the other stories you wanted to talk about. But I really wanted your unique perspective as a kid in Wales exactly what happened that day and and i appreciate getting that from you a lot of the stuff that you were fed that day does bother me as you can tell about what what did we do why did we cause them we didn't cause anything bad guys did something really bad that day oh yeah i mean i think it was just more in a sense of like uh trying to rationalize it what why would something like this happen i get it what did we do did we do anything to deserve this and like obviously we we didn't like obviously we didn't and the fact is we've just like we also under biden have handed an entire chunk of the world yes. back to the people who actively want to see more stuff like 9-11 happen again. Absolutely. Just, yeah, we haven't we haven't come anywhere. We're going to look back on this no. moment as a really tragic epoch. Go, go find the video. Find the video of, of Harris and Hochul today at 9-11 at the memorial for 9-11 in New York. You'll see what I'm talking about. Okay? Uh, go go follow wherever you are. K-Smythe, K-A-Y-S-M-Y-T-H-E dot com on Newsmax, Daily Caller, and much, much more. K, appreciate you. Let's talk again next week. Thank you, Joe. Sounds great. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. I appreciate you hanging out. I missed you uh, an awful lot being out last week. Uh, commemorating what happened on 9-11 22 years ago today made sense to me. Do me a favor, make sure you stop by all the social media. I posted my song Tuesday morning over there. Plus the interviews with Rudy Giuliani, the interview with uh, Bernard Carrick, also Kay Smith, will be up and running up on Rumble tonight. Uh, really appreciate you hanging out. That's Sam, that's Polo, that's Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you back here tomorrow night. Have a great night. This is the Joe Pegg Show.